0: Welcome back, America, to the Yucky Podcast. And on this podcast, our overall goal is to give you a little bit of insight into an entrepreneur mindset, giving you, at least from our side, the Jake Squared side, uh, the mindset of how we operate and own a business, how we can manage our personal lives, and hopefully finding a balance between the two. The ultimate goal for this podcast is we really want to give an insight into the Arizona business or owners, the mindsets that build them, and to give you something that uh, some of these podcasts don't really offer, and that is Arizona itself. Uh, Jake, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. It's been a little bit. It's
1: been a little too long.
0: Way too long. Got some vacations on us, got some work trips done.
1: ton of it, but we're back. We are. We're going to start posting again. We've been way too long, like you said, and uh, I think it's time to get back into it.
0: And this one... I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm I'm very excited for.
1: It's someone I, we've talked about since podcast number one. Mm-hmm. Bring him up literally every single podcast. We finally got him here in town Thanksgiving week, and uh, we get to dive into his life now.
0: You got it, and uh, you guys might know him as, as uh, Uncle Scott, but Scott Brown is on the show. Uncle Scott, welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Guys. I got to tell I'm, you, I'm excited. to clarify this, it's Scott Brown. I'm Jake Brown. He's not my uncle.
0: <laughs> no, he is my uncle, Jake Morrow.
1: Yes. So there's some confusion there. Well, not just anymore. We just sorted out. it out. Uh, I guess we're good C- confusion now. Confusion sorted. Confusion done. <laughs> I,
0: I guess that is a weird dynamic that we haven't had to talk about yet. It's true. And true. That's yeah. weird because my mother is.
2: We're all family. Maybe named Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then my best friend is Jake Brown.
2: So it kind of really flowed together even How? when you guys were kids. It was,
1: it was is meant meant that just happen. the universe? Yeah. yeah. What, what is. I mean, we're named after the same person. Big Jake.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Wayne. John Wayne. I mean, come on. So. Meant to be. It's meant to be.
1: And I like it. So we're good. Jake Brown, Scott Brown, Jake Morrow, we family. (laughs) We family,
0: (laughs) Vin Diesel. Um, So the the beauty of Uncle Scott is, um, you know, he's done a lot of things over the years. Um, Not just work for people, but he has done a ton of different investments and and been involved in a lot of different things over the years. And now that I'm older and obviously we do our own thing, um, we've actually been able to, you know, better our dynamic, our relationship to where now it's not just family. Um, but now I get to actually pick his brain with certain like investments and currencies and cryptos and, um, you know, really looking back at what we used to do yeah, is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Seeing the things he used to do back in seal beach and like understanding that like, holy shit, he was living the life that I probably would have liked to live. Yeah. No, it
2: was, uh, definitely an experience.
0: Yeah. So I guess before I start really asking some of these questions, what, Hmm. How do I put this? When you think... So, yucky. I don't think I've actually really introduced yucky to the family too much, have I?
2: No. I mean, this podcast is where I learned about the catchphrase, the Mm -hmm. apparel, which I've never seen or been (laughs) able to purchase, but... (laughs) It's a work Uh, in progress. That's that's kind of it. Yeah.
0: So, literally, in high school, um, Jake would always yell yucky at people, and then... Um, I must have been what 16 or 17 and then I had uh, t-shirts made which is yucky on them and I think we wore them we handed it out to a couple of our friends and then it was literally like five years later I got the itch to do it again did the exact same thing and then probably two or three years later ever since the cricket came out yeah Jake ended up, started making some stuff for me. So, and then this all just kind of came back to, you know, we kept, we kept pushing this back and pushing it back and pushing it back and, you know, in, in business and in life, the more you push it back, the more you're going to miss out on it. Correct. Right. So we finally decided one day, screw it. Let's do it. Let's order equipment. Yeah. Let's order a podcast. Let's just do this. Let's talk. And then in the same, you know, aspect of it, we decided to, to carry the yucky name, um, to really put us on that path of just pushing forward and, and making this our, I guess you can call it brand.
1: Definitely a brand. I think we created the business one week and we got pissed off probably four years ago. And it was like a Friday night or something. And we sat on the couch and created the LLC. We got all of our documents together. We issued everything. We looked at trademarks and all this other stuff. And then we just let it sit there for four years. Yeah. And uh, we're like, we kind of want to do a podcast. We sit here and we talk hours on end to each other and interesting stuff from time to time. Like (laughs) time to uh, time. Yeah. We kind of let the world know what we're talking about. So we're sitting here trying to figure out what's the podcast name. We probably wrote out twenty different podcast names. Mm-hmm. We came back to Yucky Podcast. The Yucky Podcast. It's you know take it back to simpler times, and uh, it was, it's just a stupid catchphrase that someone sneezed in high school, and I just screamed Yucky at them. <laughs> That's literally how <laughs> it started. And, then and it's not just on. like
0: not like a violent scream, like a high pitched, <laughs> yeah, like,
1: like like yeah, like a thirteen year old little girl just screaming (laughs) at the top of her lungs yucky
0: and he's a 200 pound uh, pound football player yeah hit hit him with the yucky jake i can't do it right now come on yucky but (laughs) now imagine that 10 times louder in the middle of high school whoa yeah yeah there's a there's a
1: lot to it uh so we came back to it yucky podcast and Mm -hmm. uh we're kind of sticking with it we created the apparel and everything but again that's something that we're gonna start producing next it's steps, baby steps. There you go.
0: Baby steps. But as long as we're moving forward, that's the ultimate goal from us. Right. Um, So I guess, you know, one of the first questions, and and this is something I've always been really interested in, and I know like little snippets of your past, but um, what was uh, obviously, like I said, in the beginning in the intro, like you've done a lot of investments, you've had your hands in a lot of different, you know, cookie jars, you've had different hats, like you've done a lot, a lot of cool things. But for me, like, and I think we might have talked about this, obviously, since this Thanksgiving. We've been chatting it up. But what is one of the very first investments you were ever involved in?
2: Personally, I would, I would think it's the restaurant. That was probably my biggest and boldest uh, venture into something as risky as a restaurant. Yeah, especially a restaurant. And, uh, but, again, higher the risk, higher the reward that kind of thing. So, So,
0: and I know Jake actually hasn't heard this story. So what, what was the, uh, what, what was the restaurant? Where was it? Kind of give us a brief little overview of the actual investment.
2: So I'll try and make this as concise as possible, but i worked for land development companies for 20 years. Um, I had a friend that really wanted to venture into, uh, the restaurant concept and idea. Uh, we were coming here for baseball games. So we'd fly over every other weekend. We had home tickets here at uh, what used to be the Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were across the street at, uh, there's a little bar slash restaurant that's inside the ballpark area, but outside the park itself. And um, they were uh, distressed, I guess you would say. And we're talking to the owner one night. He's talking about cash flow issues and problems. And so he said, I'm really looking for an investor. So as I'm sitting at the bar, I'm thinking, this guy's after a few million dollars. Like, Okay, well, why don't you tell us what your buy-in is and what you're looking for as far as if you get my money. I want to see your books. I want to understand your operation. Let's see if we can improve it. Um. I don't want to be here on a daily but I'd like to uh, know that my investments being managed properly. So he came back with uh, something stupid like 25,000 buys 10%. I'm like uh did you say 10%? <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote a check that night. And then my buddy bought in at 50, so we got we pulled out 30 30% of the business and, and we just started diving through his books and he was terrible at what <laughs> he was doing. Uh, I think he was, he was more, uh, he placed his confidence was placed in people and it was really unfounded. You know, It was a guy who wanted to have his friends working and that kind of thing. So once we got him on a different path, it, uh, we saw big returns on that one. That led us to, we wanted to go bigger. We had heard about a place in Louisville, Kentucky, where they were, uh, the city was, had designated a central area. They were dumping funds into this central area to turn it around from being dilapidated to being a tourist attraction. So we jumped on a plane, flew out there one weekend. We looked at a couple spaces. The concepts could not make the numbers work. We decided we were going to drive to Chicago, look at another one, Stopped overnight in Indianapolis and we found, uh, just stumbled onto a building that was three stories, but the ground floor was a 7,200 square foot concept that was like a Thai restaurant or something like that. We got the lease for next to nothing. So we jumped in. um, I think we went in at almost a million dollars. On the build-out. But our first weekend, we opened on tax day 2005, I want to say. Capacity was 486 people, 496 people. We did 1,780 people through the door that night. Holy Holy crap. crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) our goal was to open at six. I was still literally finishing banquettes. We're bringing banquettes in through the back door to finish the VIP area. I have 700 people on the sidewalk out front. Jesus. Cops showed up. We had to have, I had to pay the fire uh, department standby because our uh, fire suppression from the kitchen wasn't tied into the fire system yet. So then I felt like I was doing a drug deal because I'm handing this Fired chief, like bags of cash. cash. Yeah, it, it was really sketchy. I'm like, is this even legal? What, I mean.
0: Welcome to working with the government oh, or the city or your states. Yeah. Right.
2: So one interesting thing about Indiana was I went out there to GC the construction of the restaurant. First thing I do is I go to the courthouse and say, hey, why don't you tell me if my general contractor license from California or some sort of reciprocity or something, can I use it here? She's like, "Oh, you just have to fill this out and pay two hundred fifty. I was gonna say, give us some money. <laughs> yeah, two hundred fifty dollars. Like, do you need my contractor's license?" She's like, "No." Uh-uh. <laughs> so anyone that pays two hundred fifty dollars in the state of Indiana can be a general contractor. Like that doesn't seem <laughs> that doesn't safe. seem safe at all, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. So that was uh, again. That, that was probably my biggest biggest risk and that's right when uh andy and i were when we started dating andrea yeah, yeah.
0: which and you're now wife yeah um see, wow see and, and that's what's so cool about this so going from arizona which obviously you were here most weekends catching all the games yep. you were able to monitor this business obviously you didn't live in the second investment the biggest one with the restaurant right, right. what was one of the biggest challenges from going from you know, uh, an investor in an area that you can monitor almost yeah. weekly to an area that, I mean, how, how often did you go there?
2: Geographical struggles are always, I think, the toughest, right? Yeah. It's hard enough to manage multiple businesses, as you guys know, within one city, mm-hmm. let alone we would switch off. So uh, my partner and I, he spend two weeks there. He was also from California. So he'd spend two weeks there. We'd cross over one day i'd fly out on a sunday we'd sit down and go through the last two weeks then he'd fly out on monday i'd stay for two weeks and we just did that for nine or ten months till we get really got that some confidence in uh the managing partner that we cut in on the backside gotcha it was definitely challenging because you you know how hard it is to, to To develop that rapport with the people who work with you anyway Mm -hmm. so even harder when you're only there for two weeks and then you're out for two weeks and they just
0: see a a small glimpse of you it's hard to maintain those relationships exactly as we know i mean especially as we know is it now you know having a the, the third partner that you cut you in was that something that you guys wanted to do or is that something you guys had to do
2: i mean you're always looking for Especially in the restaurant business, you want somebody who's tied in, who's uh, um, just woven into that day-to-day operation, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, I think it was more out of necessity than it was out of desire. Gotcha. Because, I mean, it ended up costing us a lot of money. So
0: And I, and I guess the, the next question that I had was, what was one of the biggest investments that you... I don't really want to say regret because you, you can always learn something from failures. I For mean, sure. we, we've talked about this a, a couple of times. So what, what was one of the biggest investments that you wish you could possibly either take back or pass on if you could do it again? Uh, Even if it's not the most dollars that you've lost, but maybe the most heartache, the, maybe the most headache, maybe just the, the one that really just kind of yeah. irks you the most. Uh,
2: unfortunately, I think it was the same restaurant Oh, at, really? at Indianapolis. It, I mean, I, I, loved the process, it just, um, it's really difficult and it always has been for me, but trusting people outside of your circle, it's always difficult. Even if you, you consider the person a friend and or whatever colleague or, uh, hard to describe, but, um, people have a way of, uh, Sabotaging in order to capitalize on a situation right and this is one of them
0: So, and, and I mean greed is a uh, is a fickle thing for for a lot of people I mean Absolutely. Jake Brown we can attest to this that we've kept more people over the years at arm's length than yeah uh, than anything else because of you know that dynamic with people because of that situation and it's it's honestly been something that has taken us a few years to learn
1: and we're still learning. I mean, there's like
0: because you have to trust in some people, or at least you, trust you, the fact that they're going to do what's best for. You try to
1: go by the innocent until proven guilty, but it's you can only trust someone for so long, or you know you want to trust everyone, but there's just little things that you have to keep yep. under your sleeve and close yeah. to heart, uh, all that. I want to kind of rewind a little bit more than that, kind of give the listeners, myself, a little bit more of a background. I think we jumped into the questions a little too quick, but. Um, where did it all start? Where did the business start? The business mindset? What were you doing before getting
2: into investing
1: in the restaurants?
2: Um, so after college, uh I actually came down to Phoenix and I took a job that was probably my favorite job of all time when I was a punch out labor guy for UDC Homes and I worked for Jake's dad, Tony. Okay. I did not know that. So you've <laughs> had was, quite a few jobs together. It was the best job ever. I was all by myself. I went from house to house as the homes were being completed. My job was to go through the house to make sure everything was buttoned up. Um so you had headphones on. It was just all me. Uh, tools and equipment in the back of my truck. i and it was Arizona, so you work from four AM to two. Yeah, We bought a great little house and uh, I was in the pool by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Fantastic job. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I don't know how you'd put it, uh, that company, UDC Homes, had a a training course for all new employees and they tried to teach people this is how we build our homes, not just how you've been building homes or what your production schedule was. So, I had to go to this thing. I had on a University of Utah sweatshirt, and uh, the um, CFO of the company came in to talk to the new employees. He sees my sweatshirt, he comes talk to me, pulls me aside after the class, says, "Hey, uh, I went to the University of Utah. When did you? When did you graduate? Like I was class '93." He's like, "Well, hey, um." we're going to play in a golf tournament on Tuesday. Why don't you come play with us? Okay. (laughs) And then it was a promotion and then it was more responsibility. And it just went downhill from there. Exactly. (laughs) That's where the unfortunate part came in. It's not not fun anymore. (laughs) So I think it was um, instilled in me as a child, right? Hard work is what pays off easy days are not really a thing for the Brown family. Amen. At least not from where my perspective was, right? (laughs) Only easy day was yesterday. (laughs) Uh, So you you start at 13. I, I had an aunt and uncle who owned a farm up in Idaho. My mom packs up everything for me. I go for 3 months. I spend the summer working on a farm. 13, 14 until I could get an actual job where it was legal. I went up there and was slave labor for 90, <laughs> 90 days, right? And I do remember my very first summer. 3 months, the end of this summer, my uncle who was ridiculously wealthy, but you wouldn't know it, hands me $300. And I'm staring at this money in my hand, and I'm thinking, I automatically start doing the math. (laughs) I'm working 14 hours a day, seven days a week, three months. I got $300. It's like a dollar a day.
0: (laughs) If you're lucky. I
2: I could have been a little kid in Mexico in one of the sweatshops, and I would have made more money.
0: Probably. Welcome to the farm life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh,
2: but it didn't deter me. I mean, I went back the next year, and then the following year best uh
1: so browns are education. hard workers they're just not smart
2: correct okay yeah correct.
1: i got that too you had same to jeans you, you had to pull that smart in
2: <laughs> as you figured it out exactly they're not fast learners either so <laughs> three slow three, and steady wins years. the race yeah. yeah so again okay, all the browns are the same uh, Trust okay. me. yeah from See, family
0: to family but 300 bucks for a 13 year old that's
2: yeah that's not bad no it was uh you know, and it was a different time nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty one, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I don't regret it at
0: you, all. You never should, and that's why. Like, I don't. You know, everyone always, I guess, could you could say has regret in their life, but you know, is it really regret, or is it just a decision that you wish that you could have made more of a you know educated decision with? Like, I, I I'm a firm believer that people never change. I don't think that they actually change. I think people grow. People grow from decisions they make. They grow from decisions that your friends and family and people around you make. They go, they grow from, you know, just the every single day-to-day stuff. But, you know, deep down to the core, this person will be the exact same person from the day they're born to the day that they die. Yeah. Right? So to, to factor in, you know, regret is, is hard for me because I don't think that it's a legitimate excuse why people, you know, either don't make a decision or make a poor decision or, you know, walk down a different path than what they've been on using that as the, you know, trigger word that, that gets them to wherever they want to be. It, and I think regret.
1: Yeah. I think every experience is a learning point. Mm-hmm. So every experience you go through, I've been talking to my mom about this as well. We've been having issues with some people in our family about traumas and trauma growing up and this and that. We were poor. We were this. I'm like, we weren't poor. We had a roof over our head. We had, we had, clothes on our back we had food on the table every meal we weren't poor we weren't wealthy or rich or any of that but i'll show you poor that's you know yeah pushing a grocery cart down the street with your entire life in it (laughs) there's a difference that's
0: called a mobile home sir (laughs) okay (laughs) that's a mobile home
1: okay so but every you know that was a learning point i Mm -hmm. when i yeah you know went through that i said you know what i want to do better for myself and and it wasn't that my parents weren't doing good it was just that time you know it my mom was in mortgage and oh seven oh eight everything went to hell our lives went to hell you know it's just one of those things and you know I wanted to get in something where I can control my check I can control my future so I got into business where you know my dad's like you know I've got a check coming in every single week And I don't have to worry about it and this and that. I'm like, yeah, but you're letting somebody else tell you how much you get paid. And you get to, you're letting somebody else tell you the hours you work and this and that. So there's a lot of things in life that's more of a learning point point, not a regret. So I 100% agree
0: with that as well. Nice. And I I guess getting back to you, Uncle Scott, is, so you are one of nine.
2: One of nine. Number seven of
0: nine. Number seven. So, you know, the fact that, you know, you kind of grew up you know, with less than others. I mean, that, that's that got to be hard as a, as parents to provide for nine nine children. Right, absolutely. Right? So in, in, in that aspect of having so many siblings, what was one good thing that came out of having such a big family?
2: So we moved a lot, as you know, yep. right? My uh, folks both worked for the government, so it was a two-year stint to a three-year stint and not just state-to-state, country-to-country. So, one of the biggest bonuses was your birthday party always had people. Uh, you went to school, you always had friends before you even started. And you not only were these people your family, but they were your friends. So, that uh, even though it was challenging, what it did teach me is how to talk to people, how to make friends quickly, how to influence people to get. What I wanted, whether that's manipulation or not, I, I think it's debatable.
0: But mm. One side of a coin, correct? You know.
2: Yeah. So I think that was um, the the challenge that presented itself, and you had to be creative. Especially, I mean, there wasn't a lot of money to go around. Mm-hmm. So paper route, I mean, anything you could do to make money, you were making money. Just even if it was pennies, still to hold together, right? Yeah. So.
0: Which is good. And I feel like a lot of people are are missing that quality nowadays is not not even just the hustle, but the, uh, you you know, the the personable side of things. Right. You know, nobody knows how to communicate anymore. And I I guess one of nine, if you wanted something, you better learn how to uh, to get it. Not maybe not even on your own, but between, you know, you know, figuring out how to get it from your sisters or your brother or you're making your parents understand that, hey, I am more important than, uh, you know. Clothing for Jennifer or something like that. Exactly.
2: I look back at it and it was like a little version of the island, you know, where you had to form alliances or get voted <laughs> off or... That's where it originally somebody started. Somebody beats the crap out of you. Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness. So, um, so I and I guess with obviously that dynamic, I mean, being number seven of nine, um, you have two kids of your own. I do. Freaking love those kids. What, what's something that, you know, you want to instill into them that you obviously took away from... You know, like your childhood, right?
2: Uh, that's really a really tough situation. Number one, you want to give your kids all that you didn't have. Yep, great idea, great concept. Terrible in practice, <laughs> right? Uh, I love my son to death, mm-hmm. but he and I tell him this all the time. He has more than he needs, and. It's, he, it's difficult for him to understand the concept of earning your keep, right? I really think that's why we push him into team sports so much, is he, you've got to earn your spot. It does not come just because you show up and you look good. That's not the way it, baseball specifically works for him. Mm-hmm. If you're not out there doing war, working harder, Showing that enthusiasm, being a team leader, you won't you won't earn it. So,
0: and I guess obviously, I and I didn't play too many sports growing up, and and Jake pretty much did. It, it is funny, obviously, seeing him and seeing the flowy hair and the puka shells and yeah. the looking like he was you know born and raised in the late nineties, early two yeah. <laughs> thousands vibe. Sure. And I, we go back to it, and I'm like, wow. And I guess Jake, you can you can kind of attest to this when you were playing sports. Nobody gave a shit what they look like, right?
1: No, the uglier you look, the better you play. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if you <laughs> can get some cuts across your face and some broken bones, you're, you're a badass then.
0: That, that, that was the football side. I mean, baseball. Right.
2: I, I, Baseball's I, a little different. I, I got out of that sport early. He's, uh, so good example was he's doing preseason scrimmages, right? So the first two he played up with varsity as a freshman. And the third one he played on the freshman side. So I typically like to film his at-bats. I want to. I want him to be able to see his swing, take it apart, make sense uh, of what he's doing, what he can do differently. But the game's over, and he says, "Did you get a video or pictures of me in the field?" I'm like, you know what? I, I I didn't. But phenomenal plays. He was playing second base for that freshman deal, and then switched between shortstop and second base. I'm like, why, Dad? I had the best drip today. Jeez. I look so good. <laughs> <laughs> My good grief. That's that Jeez. generation though. The you gotta, best l- drip gotta, look, you gotta good. look good to play yeah, good. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I need to get make sure I can post this on Instagram later. That's exactly it. So
0: well, I mean, when he's got a dad like you, he has to have some good drip. He's oh, gotta yeah. be fashionable. Yeah, well,
1: by the way, Uncle Scott has the best does. fashion there is as <laughs> soon as he rolls up. Literally. <laughs> like, yeah. No matter what
0: no matter what we're doing, always rolling around, I'm like Damn, he looks good. What the hell? I think that's where I got the, my watch is charging right now, but I always like the big watches. I think that's from you, 100% from you. You're the only other guy I know who rocks the big watch. That's
2: a weakness for me. That's, um... It's a very expensive weakness. <laughs> we
1: try to play that off when we were in high school, the big watches, but they were the $15 to $20 watches right. from Target. From Target, yeah. you yeah. yeah. like, yeah, it's a Rolex. So you when, when, you, when, you,
0: when you break it or if the battery dies, you just throw it in the trash because then you go to Walmart or Target and buy the exact same exactly. one for the same price <laughs> of the freaking battery or paying somebody to change it out for yep. you.
2: Unless yeah. your Rolex is Romex or something, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Mexico. Well, that, that's gotta, when you just
0: flash it from a distance. You know, you right. get the sun on it, let it reflect a little bit. Hey, yep, yep there it is. Yeah. Hey, yeah, check it out. The R is backwards. Yep. Yeah. Nowadays we don't we don't do too much. We just normally rock jeans, boots, and a, a collared T-shirt. Half the time we're that's getting it. dirty. He's over here painting cars. I'm under here under cars getting all greasy and oily. I hate ruining some of the nicer stuff. I Nowadays this it. is this is the business look. I, I mean, yeah. when we go conventions and stuff this is this is it this is, it. This is what you get nowadays and then you come back around town and i'm like damn it all right i'm going to the
2: store <laughs> That's screwed up where'd yeah. you get that i need that jacket that
0: is yeah. clean i yeah. need this yeah. every every time so i imagine as uh, for atticus he's got uh he's got some
2: big shoes to fill well you know he, he's definitely got his own style yeah. right he uh but he's never short on style that kid yeah
0: well, I, you know, he's got somebody to look up to, so
2: he, he definitely uh, runs his own deal. Now, he has gone from country music to reggae, <laughs> to uh, I don't know, like old school rock, and from the eighties. I'm like, this over song the was terrible when I was a sophomore. <laughs> I don't it's know, It's not why you're getting any better. To, yeah, it still blows.
1: <laughs> so, what's Atticus's goals within sports? And again, it's been, gosh, 50. 10, 10 years since I've seen Atticus? I think the last time was at probably. the Orange County swap meet. Yeah. Yeah. And, must uh, have been. Yeah, because we were just out of high school. Two foot tall. Yep. We're yeah. I was throwing him in the bouncy house or something. Yeah. <laughs> sounds about so, right. so I haven't seen him in that long, so I wouldn't even recognize him now. But what's his goals with sports? Does he want to go far on them? Is he just doing it for the team?
2: Well, if you ask him, uh he he'll definitely sign with the Yankees at some point. Okay. So, there, there's absolutely no doubt in his mind. Uh, he did tell me, however, that if he's drafted by Boston, he's pr- probably going to quit playing baseball. <laughs> so.
0: I'll smack shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> you idiot, you, you will try, not. Yeah. yeah,
2: you try and explain to him, Logan? You're gonna, you're gonna play for whoever drafts. <laughs> That's just yeah. the way it works. So now he's looking at colleges. Now he's trying to figure out. Where that education plays in, uh, I love my son. Not a great student, so That's the brown thing. <laughs> he, he he definitely uh, he definitely. But the difference with Atticus is if he if it interests him, he'll learn and know everything about every detail. If it doesn't interest him,
1: they're not getting there's, anything out of it. uh, That's that's a Brown thing. Yeah, I I dealt with the same thing through school and college. And as soon as football was done or any sports were done, I'm like, all right, well, I don't need school. Yeah. Stupid. What am I doing here? Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, Brown. So if you could, well, I guess I got two Browns now. Okay, Jake Brown. What's, give Atticus some advice if he was standing right here when it comes to sports and school. and, And if you could have done it differently and you could pass on that knowledge to him, what would it be?
1: There's two things I would have done differently. One, I would have listened to my father. Yeah. Um, he was the same can way. You re- can you repeat that? I was gonna, it is Listen recorded. This is a record. replay this again uh, and again so on Apple
0: and iTunes and uh, <laughs> Spotify, iHeartRadio. Check us out.
1: So at, at 12 years old is when I started playing football, or 11, because that's when I got kicked out of soccer. Um, started playing football. My dad came to every single practice, filmed my practice, took it home, watched it on uh, the TV and why the hell didn't you get low on this? You got to make, make a bigger uh, tackle on this. You got to do this better. Like, Dad, it was practice. It's Monday. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> You're not going to be any better if you don't work on it now. And he would do that, but he would tell me, you know, you need to stretch. You need to do yoga. You need to work out this and that and do as I say. Yeah. Like, Dad, you didn't even make it to college. Like, you weren't that good at football. I'm not listening to you. And uh, I ended up having four knee surgeries before I turned 21. And it's all because I wasn't stretching. I was too muscle bound in the wrong spots. And, uh, you know, so that was one thing that I regret big time is the injuries because I didn't listen to my dad. That was huge in the fitness world.
2: So your Um, parents actually know what they're talking about. My parents (laughs) actually, yeah, my
1: parents have this thing (laughs) called experience and they've been through it. Right. And, uh,
0: Look, the only thing that they were wrong about is sometimes after midnight, good things do happen.
1: No, they don't. Yeah, no. No, no they, they don't. I'm going to go like, with Jake can, Brown on that. Yeah, I can um, still no. say no. I'm in bed by 8 o'clock. <laughs> oh, I'm not library. saying there's not bad
0: things. I'm just saying that's not <laughs> always bad. I'm okay. so oh, staying true fair, to it. Sorry. So point. Point. And yeah. the second
1: thing that I would bring up is school is everything. You know, yep. uh, unfortunately, I hate school. I hate learning. I hate someone telling me what to do. Yeah. I get bored. I'm why am I gonna need to know the x-axis of this and that and all the all those I, it's just it doesn't make sense to me so I didn't listen. You know, I seized that got degrees and that's what I went by. These yeah. let you play football and that's what happened. So, you know, come down to senior year on signing day, I had there was 10 division 1 schools that were calling the high school saying, "Hey, jake brown what's his grades like and the coach had to say hey uh catch him in two years after community college because he doesn't have them now so i lost a ton of scholarship opportunity
0: big d1 schools too to
1: big schools you know utah state oregon state ucla san diego Uh, some of these big time schools wanted me to come play for them and you know lost them all because i couldn't pay attention in class I, i didn't think it was anything for me how is this going to grow me how is this going to yeah. make me any better why am i going to use it in the future and uh i unfortunately i was too dumb to know that i could have changed that in college went to college i had 7am class that's too early that's a good nap time i'd get to school at 6:45 <laughs> go to the student lounge and go to sleep on the couch so and well, i mean at least you got to school i got to school it's step 1 but <laughs> I, I fell asleep on the couch so uh Played a year of football there and blew out my knee for the third time and, you know, couldn't pass a class for the life of me. Just, it's not that I'm not smart. I just really didn't care. And, uh, so I lost my scholarship and went to my family and said, well, I can't pay for school anymore. So time to go to work. Yeah. And so sports aren't forever, uh, no matter how good you are, Absolutely. uh, injuries can happen every day. So, and that ends your career faster than anything. So you got to have some sort of backup. You got to have a career in mind. Uh, You got to at least learn something in school that can excel you later in the future. But listening to my parents and paying attention to school would uh, be the two pretty much only things I would have changed.
0: And I think that's, you know, for a lot of people. I mean, you always talk to to kids and they they know what's best and no, my parents don't know, or I'll listen to my uncle. I'll listen to somebody else, you know, now with social media, I can only imagine what people are, what kids are listening to. It's all about the drip and and growing up on. Yeah. It's (laughs) such stupid shit, but you know, we always wish we can go back and and do something different, but I feel like every time we ask people, it's always, you know, listening to my parents and taking more of their advice or, you know, really focusing on school. Cause you know, it, it, not to say you can't do life without school, yeah. But you know, if it's going to pay for, you know, sports are going to pay for school. Go and and do it to the best of your capabilities. Because, like Jake said, injuries happen to everyone. Doesn't matter how good you are, it can end in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, you see the guys in the NFL now or Major League Baseball; those are the guys that are lucky enough to not get injured. There's yeah, probably exactly. they probably weren't the best in their high schools, right. and yep. they definitely weren't the best in their colleges. They were just the Consent. ones that didn't get injured. Yeah, they paid attention to the rules, They paid attention to class and they, they got through it. So, uh, school's big. And I hate saying that because I'm like school's the biggest business out there and <laughs> this and that the biggest ripoff. off. It, it absolutely. It,
0: and that's why I said it, it's not, you can't do, you know, you don't have to have school to do life because that's, that's not the case by, by any means, but it, it definitely gives you the, the opportunities to, to progress in something and really kind of focus. And especially if it comes with sports, especially in college, I mean, I, I had a whole five-year plan for you, Jake Brown, and you just totally screwed it you up for me. You were supposed
1: to be living in my yeah, guest like house while I played the NFL. I, right?
0: I had it all mapped out. My like, all right, sweet. He's going to go to a big ass D one school. I'm still single. Let's do this. I'll just like I won't go to school there, but I'll, I'll just off I'll live. I'll be in his dorm with him, right? <laughs> and then next thing you know, he's going to get drafted. He's going to have a big ass house. I'll be the pool guy in the backyard. Like I got all these outlets, right? Sweet, my life is set. And then boom. Just and then
1: here we are doing a podcast. You <laughs> son of a gun.
2: You could have been OJ and Cato. I'm d- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I had
0: it all planned, damn it. Yeah, so, and, and, you know, obviously, Atticus, I will tell you this because your dad won't, but you are a retirement plan kid, so figure it out. Get yep. your ass in school and read some books. I swear
2: to God. I'm telling you, it's unfortunately, it's almost a necessary evil. A hundred percent. Education is, uh, unfortunately almost mandatory anymore. Mm -hmm. And if you can find someone who will pay for that education, all you have to do is keep up. (laughs) Look, I I came to grips with my kid a while ago, right? Five, six years old and like incredible kid, not a genius unless he wants to be Mm -hmm. right. If there's something, again, if he's interested in something, he'll tell you anything you want to know. But you have to be as well-rounded as you possibly can be in order to make that work, right? It's, and it's same, same as sports. Great example,
1: yeah. Same as sports. If you can play first, second, short, yep. and third, yeah, you're going to end up getting playing time. Exactly. you got to yep. be well-rounded.
0: Yep. Well, same thing with business, right? You can't just know one aspect of the business. You need to understand yes. to its entirety. You have to adapt, right. I think. Otherwise, things crumble. And, you know, we're lucky enough to have, you know, three of us that own and operate the business. Um, but with, you know, me and Jake, obviously, we're more like the, the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's – if you – I mean, we went to different conventions. We were away for a week or two. It takes a few days to get back into the groove, even does. though we're missing a small amount of time. But if you're not well-rounded like that, and especially like I said, business, but even with sports, you take off a week and you try to go back and hit the weights. You try to get back in conditioning. I mean, you – you it's not it's not seamless right it takes a little bit to get back into that kind of stuff yeah. so it it's hard so i i have a couple little questions about family still and Shoot. then we're going to end this i think with some business questions yeah jb yeah go for it so and this is a question that I've been wanting to ask. Like, I want um, Jake Brown's brother to come in here. He's a very, very smart, intelligent guy, runs a few businesses, does some some uh, cool stuff. But one question that I've really kind of focused on with a lot of, like, guys that I admire and look up to, which you are one, you've always been one, what is it, in your mind, leaving a legacy as a man, what, what does that look like for you? Uh,
2: that's it's ironic that you asked that because I just had this conversation with Atticus and so I had kids later on in life, right? 40, mm-hmm. I was 41 when Atticus was born, my oldest, uh, my younger brother on the other end, I think he had grandkids by the time he was 41. <laughs> so it, I, we, I took a different path. Um, and I think looking back now, I would have, if I could do it again, I would start earlier. And it's, it goes back to my mother. So my mother told me that she was always encouraging me to have kids. You won't know what it's like. It's It, it will change you. Uh, it will open up new understanding for you. Uh, it will make you patient, which it only kind of partially has. But, <laughs> <laughs> um for me, the legacy is, are those two. How they grow up, how they contribute to society, how they impact others is really, that's that's it. That's it.
0: And, and you know, we always wish the best for them. And, you know, and, and that's why I like asking these questions because it's good to see the dynamic sure. of like how you how you want to leave things yeah. uh, and, you know i think as and maybe not just as a man right maybe as you know a woman or or whatever it it could be you know the impact that you want and for your kids i don't have kids jake doesn't have kids but you know it it's cool to see and understand the concept of yeah. you know what you want to leave as a person and, and you know i think your kids are going to do some great stuff
2: i i do too actually.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I really, I, I really, really do, do. I mean, you know, grades are one thing, sports are, you know, another thing, but like overall goal of life, I think that, you know, you've yeah. really instilled a lot of good things in those kids, you know, especially in this day and age with social media and the upbringing and, yeah. you know, you know, I don't spank my kid anymore because he might be emotionally damaged when he's 30 years old. It just, that, that dynamic is, is I think going to be hard for kids and, and your your children carry it very very well with you know the upbringing, in, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: Right. Well look who who isn't emotionally damaged at 30. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: Check uh, check that box for us, right? Yeah. Sack
2: <laughs> up, <laughs> figure it out. Take some responsibility for the issues that you may or may not have control over, but be a man about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, own up own up to your shit. And that, and that's why I think they're gonna do do great because you know you, you don't sugarcoat stuff for me you tell them how it is yeah you know and, and i, I well, really it doesn't do, do think it'll do
2: i don't think it does anyone any good no. right it, and you can take that from a business aspect to raising children it is the most And thank god for my wife because she is she does the lion's share of raising those kids so I just take credit for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, As you said. She, yeah, she does all the work. <laughs> yep. uh, but I did all the work early on. Come on. Yeah, guys. I mean, I was, <laughs> uh, let's be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, really to, to her credit, those kids are growing up to be responsible, uh, confident, um, understanding the importance of family. Atticus looks forward to this trip every year. Oh, okay. You don't want to go to New York? Maybe see a baseball game or something. He's, like, I don't know. Let's go to Phoenix. <laughs> so, uh, because he loves being around family, Jake and Andy, and he just he just soaks that in, he yeah. loves it.
0: Uh, and I I think it's great. I mean, again, I I only I have a different you know side of it, but like for me as a kid, you know, when you were always in town, yeah, that's the one thing I always look forward sure. to right? When uncle Scott came running around and even if it was for a day or a couple of days popping in and out, I mean, yeah. that's, that's always like, you know, I, I don't remember a ton obviously when I was a kid, but there are certain moments in life that'll always stick with you. And it's usually when you were popping in and out of town, I always seem to remember those. I mean, we talked about, I don't even know if I told you this story, but he came in on, uh, uh, one Christmas years and years ago. I think Andy was four. I might've been six or seven, you know, so quite a few years ago. Um, As a kid, I didn't understand this now that I'm older. I I understand exactly what he did, but he went out drinking the night before, right? Stayed out all night, had fun, did whatever, came back uh, to uh, our house, crashed on the couch, maybe
2: two or three, three,
0: probably three in the morning. Me and Andy were four, five, six, something like that. Six a.m. hits. We're already wide awake. Right. We've been waiting (laughs) for the clock to turn to 6 a.m. All right. All right. Christmas. Santa's here. Presents. Let's do this. Come running out. Right. Wake up the family. And we remember, uh, I mean, I vaguely remember going up to Uncle Scott and like, healing like trying to wake just him up
2: lifting up an eyelid he, he, he didn't he didn't
0: wake up from the shaking so i literally i remember lifting up one eyelid uncle scott uncle scott it's christmas and andy's like peeling out his other <laughs> eyelid like trying to get him to wake yeah. up and my mom's still half asleep and she walks over with this cup of coffee and she goes here you go <laughs> and just and he's all oh oh okay Christmas time and like it was one of my fondest memories but now that I'm older I'm like I I am such an asshole like holy hell I can't believe I just put you through you're on like two three hours of sleep max and we're over here shaking you opening up his eyelids but it's one of the best memories that I have like it's one of those times that'll always be with me and You know, nothing crazy happened. It was a good Christmas, right? It was a great Christmas. I mean, mean, there wasn't any, like, super incredible things that happened, right? It's not like, you know, it's down in the history books, but that's a moment that's, like, always going to be with me. Yeah, and and
1: those memories last forever. It's not the materials in life. It's the memories with the
2: family and friends.
0: So it's good that, you know, your kid has that.
2: Well, it ties back into that legacy concept, right? Mm -hmm. So things don't endure. It's all going to burn. Cars, houses, watches, shoes, all the things that I love are all going to go away. Yep. It's my kid, right? My my daughter is so big hearted. She really is. So that's really um, when it comes down to it that's your contribution I, as I see it. That's my contribution as a man and carries on the family name. Atticus is it? Yep. There's nice. no more.
0: Um... And one other thing. So I don't know if you know this. We actually got Jake Brown riding motorcycles now.
2: What? Yes. This, is, this is a recent thing. This has taken Holy.
0: years and years and years of me begging for looked, him to do.
2: Swore those off in <laughs> high
1: school,
0: or something like that. I scared him I, one time on the back of a I bike. I
1: screamed like a little girl, <laughs> going down 40th Street, being picked up. I called Jake. I'm like, hey, I need a ride, and he shows up on his on his motorcycle I had like, that sv1000 what i'm like the, the
0: gray suzuki I'm like, where sports hell, bike
1: I'm yeah. like, where the hell do you want me to sit on that i'm <laughs> i'm 230 200 pounds. pounds hang <laughs> on <laughs> uh, uh, he weighs 106 pounds at this point i'm like i'm supposed to trust you with my life <laughs> so he has a helmet on i i don't i was out
0: i was doing something and yeah, I, no. I rode my bike that day like okay you want it ride? absolutely got you i'm not gonna go home get a car then come pick you up like
1: and so he, uh, he decides to take off down 40th Street. And what did we get to? One forty-five? No, I think it was like oh, one
0: twenty like, or one thirty. Don't be dramatic. Yeah, because those speedometers top out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bike so, would do one sixty. So we weren't that.
1: I, I'm yeah. screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm pretty sure I squeezed his lungs out of his <laughs> he mouth. He squeezed. So, he literally
0: like the bear grab, <laughs> just uh, fucking squished. I'm me. like,
1: this is. I'm I'm gonna die. This is this is my final day.
0: The high pitched yucky scream was just him screaming high pitched <laughs> like wailing. just wailing down fortieth Street. And it's not like I did it for miles on end. It was a quick, like right. got up to speed, Drake stopped at the light. Yeah. He is just screaming so his face off.
1: Twelve years later, they, uh Tony, Jake's dad, and uh, Jake talked me into buying a freaking motorcycle. Well, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> thank
0: you. So we, we we finally got him riding. I'm actually super excited to to start getting out and and, and going on some cruising with him, but. Um, so you used to ride, and we mm-hmm. actually talked about this before we started recording, but yep. you know, you got your first dirt bike, you were starting to ride. What was one good thing that you, that you miss about riding motorcycles?
2: Uh, you miss a, a lot about it. There's just something that is really indescribable, right? Um, so I met Tony, Jake's dad, when I was 14 years old. She, uh, my sister, started dating Tony. Uh, Tony was the youngest, so we had all these older brothers. Everybody had a motorcycle. Always hanging out, right? So when I bought my first street bike when I was 17, uh, it was every Friday night. I mean, these guys were up on State Street in Salt Lake City, and Jeff and Fred, it was, uh, they had just this whole little, group right so you were just i'm a baby right i didn't shave till i was 22 and these <laughs> tomorrows the are just men like a woman bearded yeah i was yeah. a hairy
0: hairy man at so, young ages
2: uh, but they just you know took me in it was just you were one of the morrow boys at that point mm-hmm. and uh then the exhilaration you get when you're on that bike and there's no one around and there's no wide open road. Just it's insane. It's crazy. It's almost peaceful. Yeah.
0: And that, and that's what I would, you know, finally convinced Jake Brown with is, you know, I I go for motorcycle rides to clear my head. I don't have to do 185 miles an hour. I don't have to do, you know, crazy stunts or any, any of that kind of shit, but just cruising was, you know, something that it's hard to, to comprehend and tell people until you actually do it. For sure.
1: Oh yeah, right. you're out there. And my my therapy was always the razor, mm-hmm. side side by side, just going out and just yeah. going as fast as I possibly can and clearing my mind. And lately, it's been the motorcycle where I don't have to go far. I just got to go around the block for ten minutes, and yep. I I go out in the garage, see it. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll go around the block. And it's just like you look lonely, but yeah, it's that it's that <laughs> therapy. It's that <laughs> it's that clear your mind, and you know, I I enjoy it. And finally, Jake talked me into it. Thank you so. God.
0: It took forever, and I know Jake hasn't really been riding uh, too much with me and my dad. Yeah, so he, you know he we oh, it's the weirdest thing we ride these big ass cruisers nowadays, and it, it blows my mind because it was always street bikes for sure, right? yeah. always street bikes. Yeah. Um, is it as hard to keep up with my dad as I think it is on a motorcycle <laughs> or what?
2: Uh, no, to, yeah, see, yeah,
0: because even at sixty, this dude wheelies his freaking cruiser off the line, racing people.
2: He's, he's a different animal. He was, I think, he was born, I think he came out with like that little mini chopper, <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> right? He, um, he was as natural on a motor on the back of a motorcycle as, as anyone I'd ever seen. Honestly, he would take it apart. He'd put it back together. Yeah. It was insane. Dang. So yeah, it, it, I don't see it slowing yeah. at all for him.
0: He puts on a helmet and he, it's like he's a 25 year old kid again. Yeah. He just, he just wasn't, it's a different animal. Uh, I'm, I'm I've, so I've, excited for you to s- actually see uh, him. I'm honestly terrified. I've told you stories, but like it, you know, it's, it, it's yeah. different. And I can, it's, I want to go it, back it so different. bad yeah. in time and just ride with you yeah. guys for one night and just, just this, just, just ride.
2: It was different. I mean, there were nights where you would, you'd get on and you're just balls out it, everywhere. You're, I mean, I'm hearing that high-pitched whine. I I know I'm going to throw something in this motor right out the cat. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, two days later, you get on, and you don't break 50. Because we are in no hurry. We're just, we'd ride up to, um, what was it, a big park up there by Fred's house? Skyline, somewhere up there. Mm -hmm. Just Nothing to do. Sunday afternoon, ride up, hang out, ride back. I will tell you, though, Jake's uncles, uh, Jake Morrow's uncles, I've never seen a man who could smoke a cigarette on a motorcycle at 70 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Until I met Fred. I was going to say, that sounds like Uncle Fred. (laughs) And just watching that burn bright orange and get short really fast, I'm like, how does he do that? (laughs) (laughs) Then he'd stop at a light, ash it. Put it back. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was crazy to watch. But yeah, it, it was definitely. Uh, Why am I not surprised? Uh, no, uh, no, I, I'm you telling you,
0: any... if there was one wish that I could make in this world, it would be go back in time and go for a motorcycle ride. I'm
2: telling With you, you it influenced me more than I could ever tell you. It's just that uh, the concept of, of being part of something that's bigger
0: than mm-hmm. you. Would you ever let Atticus ride?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he hounds me constantly because he, he's decided, he made a very good ploy about a new golf cart. So, I'm, Dad, if we get a golf cart, I could practice driving before I, think, I actually have to drive. Of course. <laughs> he is and a I smart can, little We can guy. park it. I already measured. We could park it on the side of the house where the big gate opens.
0: <laughs> he's already swindling he's a, it. He is a smart kid. Because <laughs> no, he, <laughs> he's not wrong, he right? That just yeah. makes him yeah. safer in a bigger vehicle on the road. Yeah. So so then you'll speed?
1: have to get a side by side so you can get the speed while yeah. you're driving. You have, you <laughs> yeah, have to be thousand. able to get yourself in trouble to get yourself out of it Boys. so you know how to correct on the road. He
0: does not need your four seater <laughs> Razor, let me tell you. Yeah, no. <laughs> he, he has is, a thousand a cc it. turbo. Yeah, no. Or yeah, 900 I feel like I've already 900.
1: donated 900. that. I haven't seen it back at the shop yet. Your
0: brother still has it? Yeah. Freaking family. Freaking <laughs> 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 family. I, I
1: let him use it. It was supposed to be a one weekend. He calls me he's like hey can i use your razor while you're out of town for one weekend
2: sure This was four months ago <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen it i haven't seen it back yet well maybe he just used it one weekend in those four months yeah and
1: now he's housing it and yeah. send me a
0: storage bill <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh all right well, we're coming up on an hour here so i have one last question that i think it, it, it'd be good on um So as, you know, somebody who is constantly like looking at investments and worrying about the market and stuff like that, um, to this, like right now, um, if you had just a stupid amount of money that was sitting burning a hole in your pocket, what would be the one thing that you would push your investments to? What would be the smart go-to?
2: For me, it's land.
0: Yeah. How how so?
2: And this takes me all the way back to 17 years old. I'm getting ready to go away to college and I'm packing up and it's a little traumatic for me because I'm leaving home in Illinois and I'm driving to Utah. And my dad says to me, as you're sitting on a couple of things, I probably can't mention because I shouldn't on the air, but um, <laughs> it's all open here. Right. One thing, one thing he did say was uh, you, you can't go wrong in real estate. You own land. It's yours. It's, it's a commodity that is finite. Right, There's only so much to go. So if you own it, you you can't change. So having spent 30 years in land development, especially in that California market, I look at markets, right? Hot markets. Uh, The entitlement process is laborious and expensive, but a finished lot value is ridiculous. So if I'm looking at acquisition of even just five acres, right? So we took a model years ago where we would find five acres of urban infill. I can put 18 houses on there, a single cul-de-sac. It's quick, it's easy. Houses sell out fast. If you price them right and you build them economically. Uh, You're looking at entry-level homes in Southern California. Well, now we're probably in fives, mid-fives for entry-level. Jesus
0: Five acres, eighteen homes. Right, entry level homes. Because obviously, level. if people uh, buy uh, pre-built stuff or before it's built, then they can always add on and, yeah. and grow. And you and know,
2: options are a huge uh, upgrade. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's that's where most of your money is made on the option side. But if you're looking at the land, now that's not to say that I don't dump money into crypto just because I know it's. I, I've seen it go once, and mm-hmm. I and I see it'll it go back. again. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if it's big tickets, uh, I'm constantly looking for dirt.
0: Now, would you just be the landowner and sell it off to somebody, or would you be the guy who buys the land and then builds on it?
2: I would probably sell it, entitle it, maybe finish the lots. Maybe finish the lots, maybe not, even if it's just entitled so you can sell it to a developer. Mm -hmm. The value increases exponentially. It's just... Uh. You will always have you have public builders everywhere as oh, you, guys you always know. will have them. And 'em. Yep. They're always looking for a deal. Yep. Always. So Jake Brown?
1: I think I'm good. I learned so much just through this podcast. I know. I'm, I'm excited. a lot of stuff I didn't know about Uncle Scott that uh really got me going. I'm like there, man, there's there's should, a lot of different
0: layers in we're there. Behind in life. Yeah. <laughs> a
2: giant onion, but I'm also, you know, old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wisdom and knowledge come with that. Okay. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Do you have anything for us? Any questions, comments, insults, concerns?
2: You'll never be, you, you look at it and I say this from experience. You look at a relationship and starting a family as, well, I'll I'll be ready when I get this finished. I'll be ready when I'm here or when I do. You're never going to be ready. You, You aren't you're not ready the day the child is born. You're not ready the day the kid goes to school. You're, you're, you're you're never going to be ready. But, uh, that'd be my big advice from the personal side, right? Mm -hmm. For you guys. Cause you, I've been around since the day you were born. I was there the day I was born. The day you were born. Yep. Sometimes you just got to bite the bullet because I'm, And I know it sounds corny, and if my mom is listening. (laughs) (laughs) You know she's staring at you. She's going to slap me with a, I told you so, like right about here. (laughs) Back of the head, head, yep. Uh, It's the best thing you could ever do.
0: That's awesome. It really is. It really
2: is. Dang. Ended on a good note. Thanks for having me, though. Of course. Thank
0: you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. As always, guys, um, come check out the Yucky Podcast on all streaming networks, um, and we will see you all down the road.